The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and wonderful to be talking with you again uh, this week on the Business Elevation Show. We're on episode 224, I believe, uh, today. Um Thank you to my uh, guest on the show last week, uh, Kathy O'Dowd. Um, Kathy actually was a show that I replayed. I had a, a little holiday for a week. And uh, Kathy was the first woman to ever climb Everest from both peaks. And um, we talk about leadership and her experiences in doing that. It was a very popular show. So if you've not listened to it, do go and check it out from the archive. And also, I'd like to thank Tim Luscombe, who was on the show the previous week, uh, my last live show. And Tim was talking about preparing your business for sale. I, I really took lots from that interview myself personally about what you should do uh, in preparing your business for sale. And you should be doing it for a number of years before. So if you're thinking about selling your business at, at some point in the future, then do listen to that show. There's some really great tips and ideas and thoughts about some of the things you should do to organize yourself now uh, and also to perhaps um, organize the way that you um, you develop your products and services over the next few years. So how well do you really plan the life that you want to live while also really effectively managing your finances to support it? Are you someone who lives from day to day, from month to month, or are you someone who really very carefully plans both their vision, their life, their strategy, and their finances? Now, my guest today, Tina Weeks, is the founder of Serenity Financial Planning, which is a unique financial planning company. They're breaking the mold of what financial planning really um, uh, does. Uh, she came to me highly recommended by uh, my friend, fellow guest, uh, Philip uh, Calvert, as someone that I needed to have on the show. And, uh, you know, sometimes the right person turns up at the, the right time because uh, I think for me, I'm always... Um, you know, having guests where I think, oh, I might get some personal value out of that to interview myself. So I'm doing this, of course, not just um, for myself, but uh, but for everybody who's listening today as well. Now, Tina's been a fully qualified financial advisor for over 20 years and could see that the financial services industry in the UK was just far more interested in people's money rather than how they could be encouraged and shown to manage their money effectively to support that the life that they really want to live. And this is why she set up her own business, working closely with the clients and on not just their money. Uh, Tina specializes in life planning, a technique that encourages and inspires clients to create the best life that they can, forming the basis of a well-structured and efficient financial plan. She then coaches them over the long term to ensure that they have support they need to keep their financial life plan on track. Uh, Tina lives in, in uh, London with her husband Darren, two children, was born in London, but is of Greek descent. So a huge welcome today to my guest, Tina Weeks. Hello, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on the show. 
You're very welcome. Lovely to talk to you. And, and you're based in, in London now. Whereabouts in London do you live? I am. I live in North London, in a place called Barnet. In Barnet. Oh, yes, I know where Barnet, Barnet is. Um, so what, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the life before, potentially maybe before Barnet. Maybe you've lived always in Barnet, but what was life like you, you know, for you, like growing up? And how did you end up becoming interested in finance? Well, I grew up in London and I remember that we didn't actually have a lot of money. Growing up, it it was something that I was very conscious of. And it made me realise that although money isn't the be-all and end-all of life, it does give you choices. And the most important thing really is to have enough, just enough to cover your basics. And if that isn't even happening, then it can change your outlook in life. And I think that's one of my very early lessons as far as money was concerned. I didn't actually become interested in finance, I think, you know, at any point that I could remember. I left university with a chemistry degree and realised at that point that I didn't actually want to go into research or to teach. And what I wanted to do was manage my own business, run my own business. At the time, becoming a financial advisor was presented to me as a way of doing this. And I joined an insurance company as one of their representatives, except I quickly realised that being a financial advisor in those days wasn't really what I thought it was. You see, I thought it was sitting down with people, talking to them, helping them manage their money, giving them advice. And it wasn't like that at all. In fact, it was just about selling policies. And that really wasn't me at all. I think over the course of my career, um, this evolved to the point where I realised I just had to set up my own business so I could work with clients the way I wanted to. It's, it's a little bit like, I just never thought about it before, but you said there that you'd studied chemistry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur sometimes is, is a bit like chemistry, isn't it? It's sort of, you know, well, various, various different elements bringing it together. Yeah, it stood me in good stead because I think it's helped me have a bit of an analytical mind. Um, and I've, I still like to think that I still am a scientist at heart and, and bring that to my work. But yeah, that's that's something of my past, a chemistry degree, yes. And it's also very interesting that what you're saying about you know financial companies there, looking at what they could sell as opposed to looking at what people really needed to help them and that must be if you're you know fairly you know a very authentic individual and you you care about the people that you're dealing with that must be you know quite quite a bit of dissonance inside you well I certainly felt that I was in an environment that wasn't really me it wasn't what I wanted to be doing and I didn't feel that I was adding value you know sitting down with someone figuring out what financial products they don't have and putting them in place didn't always feel to me like I was making a difference to them, really, not at all. So, yeah, it didn't sit right with me for a long time, which is why I had to change it. Have you always been sort of careful about, you know, planning your life or have you become, you know, a convert after a few life experiences? Well, <laughs> that's quite <laughs> funny because when I think about it and I look back, I realise that the times that I felt I was most in control of my finances and I guess hence my life have been when I've done some planning either in the short term or for the long term things have always felt a bit easier when I've done some planning 
The truth is, though, that hasn't always been the case. And like most people, I've found that you're not always prepared for the things that life throws at you. And looking back, I think it might have been a bit helpful for me to maybe have someone that could have guided me through those times. So the answer is yes and no. <laughs> yes, I have <laughs> planning, but not always. Just like most people, sometimes it doesn't always work out. Yeah, it's good. I've had spells in my life where I've really planned it. So I've always had a long-term vision, but I had different spells in my life where planning seemed to be, you know, more important. And then when you get into a, a family situation, there can be lots of variables, and your mind's focused on different things, and uh, uh, and then there becomes a little jerks of, of, of and situations when somebody says, "Oh, crikey, I need to go back and really spend some time planning again." Should, should it be a continuous process, or is it just a, is it something that might might um, you know be required at certain points in your life then you can just let it coast for a bit well to be honest Chris sometimes it it really does depend on what situation you're in and sometimes you just need to take a step back and look at really what it is you want to do rather than just always trying to manage the money Mm. my point of view is that if you manage to put a financial plan in place which is a plan that looks like at everything that you want to do and how the money can support you doing that, then once you've done that, because life, like financial planning, is fluid and dynamic, it's really important to keep monitoring it and keep staying on top of it so that you stay on track. Now, we're all busy, so if there's a way that this can be automated, it just makes life a bit simpler. But yes, if you leave it too long, you could come well off track. That's not recommended. Makes a lot of sense. Now, a, a, a few weeks ago, I watched the movie The Big Short. Have you ever seen that one? I haven't actually. No. Well, it's. it's uh, I'd well recommend watching it. It's about the. It's, it's kind of in a story of four people's lives, but during the subprime crisis. Yeah. And I think it's quite a good historical account of what's what occurred from everything I've read about it. And it's. It, you know, makes it clear that people in suits at that point were really just after your money on the whole. And I wonder why the, you know, there haven't been more people like you, you know, giving advice because you generally care, um, as opposed to maybe, you know, as you say, selling products and services to people because uh, you can make a book out of it. Well, I wish I knew the answer to that, Chris. I think, well, we know we live in a capitalist world and unfortunately, Greed and unfairness appear to be the main ingredients for that sometimes, which is pretty sad. There's a lot of mistrust in banking and financial services right now, and it has been that case for quite a while. I don't think it's unjustified, and it's just sad that we find ourselves in this situation. And I guess from my point of view, I'm trying to turn that around, trying to show people that, that there are some of us that are working in a different way where our objective is solely to help them get the best they can out of their life. Yeah, that's great. So what are are the mistakes that you see people make with their money? Oh, I've seen all sorts, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it depends really who I'm sitting down with. And, you know, I could sit down with someone that doesn't have much money and then it's really about budgeting and the basics or someone that has tons of money. It's about wealth planning and estate planning and tax management But I see loads of people who spend too much, spend too little. (laughs) That happens too, not budgeting correctly. I I see people that run after something that 
you know, seems too good to be true. In most cases, it tends to be, or following the herd, doing what their friends said they should do. The biggest thing is really not being disciplined. You know, that's a really massive thing when it comes to investing, particularly. Warren Buffett said, successful investing takes time, discipline, and patience. However great the talent or effort, some things just take time. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. And Warren Buffett said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I mean, that makes that makes a huge amount of sense. It's it's um you know it's amazing what people can you know can create just by sensibly managing their money over a period of time. I always you know have to look at my my mother actually with you know a sense of pride in that my father. It didn't earn huge amounts of money. He was a steel worker. My mum worked part-time. But what she did do, and she wouldn't invest in stocks and shares. She didn't believe in doing that. But she'd always look at what the highest percentages were in banks and continuously move her money around. And, and now, you know, many years later, they're, they're probably, you know, they're pretty wealthy in comparison to the other people who worked at the steelworks, if you know what I mean, because she, she managed that over a long period of time. It's a great story. It just shows that if people just stay on top of things and keep monitoring things, it does pay in the end. Hmm. So what is, just articulate, what is life planning and, and perhaps how does it differ from something like life coaching? That's a question that I get asked quite a lot, I'm sure you can imagine. For me, life planning or financial life planning, as I call it, is a gentle method of inquiry where we work with our clients to uncover and identify everything they want to do with their life. You know, a lot of financial planners sit there and start with the money and then work backwards. For us, that is the wrong way around. We sit down with our clients and we help them identify everything they want to do. And when we have a really clear vision for what they want their life to look like in the future, then we use our technical expertise to put in place the financial architecture to make it happen. Mm. Finally, for me, the most important part is staying with the clients and providing ongoing coaching so that the client stays on track and does and manages to achieve all the things that they want to. So you kind of act as you you work out a plan, but you then act like a, you know act, provide accountability to them. Do you? to keep them yeah keep them moving forward uh, and but also things like motivation sometimes you put something in place and we're all busy life takes over and you forget actually that you have this big thing that you want to do or this big change that you want to make in your life or for whatever reason there's something that's stopping you moving forward and when you work with someone on an ongoing basis you know part of my job is to remind you remember you said you really wanted to do this. Has that changed? Do we just need to revisit it? Let's look at how that fits into the big scheme of things. So it's a partnership, really. And my objective is not to try and get people the biggest pot of money to end their lives with, but it's actually to live the best life they can they can throughout that whole period. And that's a really, I mean, that's a really interesting thought. That because sometimes it's quite hard to you know identify what when enough is enough and therefore you know you hear of people who you know, live their lives and then leave an enormous amount of money when they when they go but they didn't really enjoy it 
You know, yeah. I see that so many, so many times, Chris, so many times that people were scared to spend money. They were worried about running out. They hadn't done the work to figure out how much they need and how much they can spend safely without having to worry that money runs out. And then what happens? Either the taxman gets it or someone else, and you're right, they haven't enjoyed life. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so thinking about things like tax uh, when you go, because also, you know, as you say, a lot of that money that you've acquired doesn't necessarily go on to the people that you want it to go to because they've got to pay tax on the estate. Exactly. So that becomes important too, doesn't it? Um, so does your, you know, does, does your, this sort of thing that you do, does that involve things like, um, uh, in, besides financial packages, but things like in inheritance and all, all those different aspects? Yeah, we look at everything for the clients. What we try to do is give them answers to their really important questions. Questions like, am I going to have enough money to do all the things that I want to do? Am I going to be able to help my family, help my children buy a property, help um, any other member of my family? Am I going to be able to start that business, write that book, do all these things? And we do it in a way that is tax efficient, in a way that takes care of this generation, but sometimes also looking at the next generation too. Mm. I like that. I like that uh, philosophy uh, very much. So, we're going to go in a um, to a commercial break right now, and and after the break, um, we're going to start to have a look at the sort of questions that you might want to ask yourself uh, to when you're thinking about actually what do I want for my life, and then you start to then look at things like uh, your finances. So, um, what Tina's going to do is help us with some of those kinds of questions and things that we need to address so that we can make those um, effective uh, financial decisions that we need to. So, do join us after the break. There's going to be lots more. And we'll be back with you in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Tina, Tina Weeks. 
and we're talking about life planning. We're talking about managing your money to support the life that you want to live. And uh, if you've got any questions about the show or any any feedback, love to hear from you. Do send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk or you can connect with Tina after the show as well. And we'll give uh, her details at the end. Um, so let's um, have a, a look, Tina. You've, you've, you've met a client for the first time and uh, you're going to help them uh, to plan their life. And I wonder what sort of questions do you find that your clients really need help in answering? Well, for me, it's not about my clients answering questions, but it's about together, us working together to find out exactly what it is that they want their life to look like. Now, everyone in my business, all the advisors in my business, are trained life planners as well as financial planners, which is why we call ourselves a financial life planning business. We did some of our training with the Kinder Institute that's based in America, actually, and one of the methods that we use was taught to us by them, and it includes what we call the three questions. So this is an exercise that we use with our clients, and it really gets them to think about the things that are really important to them. The first question that we ask them is that we want them to imagine that they are financially secure that they have enough money to take care of their needs now and in the future. And the question is, how would they live their life? If money was taken out of the equation, what would change? We ask them to really not hold themselves back and really try and build a, a really clear picture of a life that they want to live and to describe it in as much detail as possible. And there's a purpose to this question. The reason I ask clients this question is because I want to give them the opportunity and the permission to really dream big. It's not very often that we get a chance to do this in life. And it's certainly not something that some clients expect to do when they sit down with a financial advisor. You know, it's very hard for me to advise someone and to help them if I don't understand all the things that are important to them to them, and what gives their life purpose and meaning. And this question really gets them to you know, really go for it and really imagine what life could be like if money wasn't part of the equation. It's a really good question to get started. Yeah, excellent, excellent yeah. question. Do you, just do you find when you ask a question like that, because you must sometimes spend your time with, with couples and married married couples and maybe you know one of the partners is very you know has a, has a some clear view of the future but the other one doesn't really think about it and and I mentioned that because I found myself with my own coaching sometimes in, in that scenario with business owners and uh, uh, and what you find is that actually your presence there is extremely helpful because there are, there's a conversation that you're facilitating that they find very difficult to have on their own yeah, it's a good question, actually, because we do a lot of work with couples and often one part, one um, one of them will have a very different idea of how they want to live their life. There have been situations where one has turned to the other and said, oh, I didn't know that you wanted to do that. I didn't know that was important to you. And I think from my point of view, it's really important to respect that they are two individuals with two sets of dreams and we can try and work with them both individually and as a couple so that it works together. 
but yes, I do have to give them their space individually as well as together. That makes that's great. So, so tell me, what's the second question? Yeah, I said it's three questions, and important. It's important to go through all of them. The second question is: This time, you visit your doctor. He tells you that you only have five to ten years left to live. The good part is that you won't ever feel sick. The bad news <laughs> is that you have no notice of the moment of your death. What will you do in the time you have remaining to live? Will you change your life? And how will you do it? Yeah. Now, the purpose of this question is to make clients understand or realise something that we all know, and that is time is finite, and time passes really quickly. I don't know about you, but it was only Christmas five minutes ago, and already we're getting ready for next Christmas. Mm. It just seems to be going by so fast, and sometimes, I don't know about you, but you feel like you're stuck in a bit of a... A rat race in a you know life just flashing past really quickly and you keep thinking that you have enough time and it isn't always the case and so this question helps clients think about the fact that time is finite time is passing quickly and if there are things they really want to do now's the time to do it and part of the financial life planning that we do with clients really looks at these things and brings them in to a time scale that works for people without them having to wait. You know, we hear all the time, when I retire, I'll do this. When I pay my debts off, I'll do that. When this happens, I'll do that. We hear that and we ourselves do it all the time. But like I said, time is finite and there's never a better moment than if possible to start doing things sooner rather than later. I, I did, you, uh, did you ever come across on the the news tina there was a young man called stephen sutton yes yes and he um he raised loads of money didn't he just before he died he didn't he didn't stephen was i knew stephen i've mentioned him one or two people may have heard me mention him before on the show but he hugely inspired me inspired me inspired me i i'm sued at my involvement as a president of the professional speaking association in the midlands he used to come along and uh, i interviewed him just three days before he put what he thought was his final note on Facebook. And I'll never forget, he said to me, he said, uh, he said, Chris, he said, he said, this, I have so little time because of my cancer, but I have so much motivation. But I look around the world and I see so many people with so little motivation, but so much time. And I just have one message to share, and that is make every minute count. Yeah, yeah. And I think that sort of supports what you've said there, you know that our time is precious you never know do you and uh, therefore you know you want to live that life well and I, li- uh, I look around me and I see people that either are sick themselves or they have family that is sick and suddenly they find an, a new motivation I guess from my point of view I'm thinking if you're not in that situation if you're fortunate enough to have your health why wait for something to happen Live life now. Make the difference now. Yeah, yeah, good call. So question number three then. Question number three, and it's the one that I find the most poignant of all. And when I ask clients to complete these three questions, I find that they write the most for question one, less for question two, Hmm. and question three tends to have a few bullet points. 
and they tend to be the things that really get to the heart of things. The question is, this time, your doctor shocks you with the news that you have only one day left to live. Notice what feelings arise as you confront your very real mortality. Ask yourself, what did I miss? What did I not get to be? Who did I not get to be? What did I not get to do? The purpose of this question is to address the subject of regret. Yes. You know, we all we all get to the end of our lives and some people have regrets and if we're in the fortunate position where we're not at the end of our lives and we can look at things from this point onwards, what can we do to make sure we don't get to the point where we have regrets? This is the most important question. This is the one that really gets to the heart of what matters to people. And you know, Chris, something really interesting that I've noticed with this question is that nobody puts on this, I wish I had bought that Ferrari. I mm. wish I had spent more time at the office. What I see on here is I never got to be the role model I wanted to be to my children. I never spent enough time with my parents. I never helped my community enough. I wish I'd been a better friend to people. Those are the sorts of things I see repeated all the time. This is what we're talking today about managing your finances. But for me, it really is a bit about looking at things in a what's the point sort of way and the point to me really is about looking at the things where money doesn't actually really matter and building those into your life and using money just as a tool just as a tool to make those other things a reality it's really it's really poignant that isn't it it's that you know i completely agree and it was, there was a research, wasn't it, by the lady who spent lots of lots of time with people dying. I think she was an Australian nurse, and that's what she noted. You know, all the feedback in the last day of people's lives was about... She was a palliative really, nurse. Her name is Bronnie what? Ware, so W-A-R-E. Yeah. And she spent her whole career working with the dying. And that was a fascinating book to read, actually, because what she noticed and was so surprised to notice was that actually most people tended to have the same regrets. She listed the top five. The first one was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. The second one was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> you know, that one always. Yeah. <laughs> the third one was, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. I mean, that one knocked me because, you know, yeah. we're taught not to show our feelings and we get to the end of our life and people think they wish they had and think oh, society is doing something wrong, surely. The fourth thing was, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And the fifth one was, I wish I had let myself be happier. I don't know what it is about us humans. But sometimes I work with people that feel guilty when they're happy. You know, actually, that's what we were designed to do. 
be happy. We're just really rubbish at it. <laughs> we just have to work really hard to make sure that we do it. We seem to get in the way of ourselves sometimes, don't we? Indeed. Well, that was very, very, I'm glad I mentioned that because um, you, you listed those in order and um, I didn't <laughs> know we were going to talk about that. So, uh, so well done. You must, um, you, know, you must utilise that study quite a bit because it is. It made a big difference to me and it made me realise that the work I'm doing with clients is relevant it really isn't about trying to get as much money as possible. It's not about, is this way of investing better than that way of investing? Is this fund better than that fund? That I should have X amount of money in my retirement, that I should be able to have this amount of money to spend. No one really cares. As long as people's basics, basic needs are covered, another study showed that the excess above that didn't actually make people happier. No. Things that make people happier are actually things like spending time with family, spending time with their friends and the people that are really important to them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sometimes the, the busyness that can be involved with maybe owning lots of properties and cars and businesses and things like that just gives you a bit less, less time if you're not carefully managing it to you know, invest in those quality relationships that are, are not finite. Yeah. And, you know, I sit down with people, Chris, sometimes from all sorts of walks of life. You know, I sit down with people that have millions and they still keep themselves awake at night worrying about money. And I sit down with some people that have no money and they're the happiest people I've ever seen. Obviously, mm -hmm. that doesn't apply to everyone. There are variances on both of those examples. But what comes to light is actually your relationship with money makes a difference. And if you can look at that and look at why you make the decisions that you make around money, not just what you do, then it makes it a little bit easier. Because if you worry about money, what happens is what I call blockages. And blockages stop you dreaming stop you being inspired and motivated and if you can work with someone to remove those blockages what happens is you can then move forward and it's only by moving forward that you can live a life where you are happy can you just give me some examples then of, of blockages so for example someone might have some debts and that servicing of those debts is so worrying to them that it stops them making any other plans in their life. Everything becomes about repaying these debts and they don't get to think, they don't look after their health, they don't look after other things that are important. And it's like almost these blockages put people's lives on hold. And sometimes we have to just find a way to work with the things that life throws at us. And I know it's really hard. I know it is. Sometimes having someone there to help you and guide you does make a bit of a difference. So a, block, a blockage could also be maybe oversaving, could it? Uh, you mentioned their debt. Yeah, absolutely. But... If, if people save every penny, then it's stopping them enjoying life now. It's stopping them dreaming about maybe that world cruise or anything else that might involve spending any of that money because they're so averse to doing it. I remember hearing of uh, some a fellow who committed suicide, I think it was in the United States, who had lost four million pounds on his shares portfolio or dollars, but he had, uh, you know, he still had considerable wealth, but he just lost four million. And, 
the reality was he probably still had a a few million in the bank. It's so sad, isn't it? It's so sad that someone could measure the value of their life by how much they have in their bank accounts. Yeah, Uh, which is very interesting, isn't it? Because when if some people who have a lot in the bank account suddenly lose it uh, for some reason, then that takes a huge amount of just uh, you know just just sort of justifying doesn't it and 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 change if they measured their wealth by yeah. themselves by how wealthy they were when that's taken away from them um it's like a big job being taken away from them through redundancy um sometimes they they can't cope can they yeah and, that, and that's why if you spend some time really thinking about the things that matter to you if you get to the point where you can identify that money isn't the biggest thing in your life and I know not everyone manages to do that, but if you can get to that point, then when things like that happen, they don't hurt you so much. They don't have such an impact on you. A lot of our clients that we work with, we explain that, you know, whatever the markets are doing, that shouldn't affect how they are. That's something we cannot control. Let's work on the things that we can control because that's where we can really make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose there's also the, there's the contrary to that, isn't there? You mentioned those people in debt. We, we, we've maybe got debts who actually don't see money as important at all, but they end up being broke as a consequence. You know, I've seen people who have all, all sorts of people, different relationships with money. And there are so many variances here. People could have a bad relationship with money regardless of how much money that money they've got it, it's really interesting to see how people's preconceptions or any innocent messages they received as a child can then affect the decisions they financial decisions they make as an adult and sometimes yes. being in a situation where you could work out what they are and you can see that your relationship with money is affecting your decisions once you can see that sometimes you can move through it it makes a massive difference Excellent. Well, we're going to go to another commercial break again in a moment. Um, I always can tell uh, how, you know, how valuable an interview often is by the amount of notes I'm taking. and I'm taking quite a few at the moment. So this is a great interview. I'm sure a lot of people are as, as well. Um, so after the break, we'll come and have a look at things like, um, you know, creating an action plan around your finances. So do join us. We'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called 
the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Tina Weeks. We're talking about life planning. And and before the break, uh, we talked about three questions about uh, imagining yourself financially secure and your needs in the future um, questions about um, your news from your doctor about the, the the length of duration of life that you're going to live and out of the three questions that we looked at um, we should have some clarity so once you've got that clarity Tina about what do you want to do what, what how do you take it from there that's, that's a starting point asking questions like these are an opportunity to really get clients to think about the things that are important to them because the most important part of the work that I do is creating a relationship with the client that I'm working with. It's so important that we have a a relationship based on trust and I can only do this if I show the client through how I'm being with them and my conduct and the attention I give them that actually they are the most important thing to me. That if I have that trust and I'm asking these questions and I'm helping my client really see what they want their life to look like, once we have that, that's when we start looking at the numbers. So while we're doing that, in most cases, we're preparing their financial data. We're looking at what they have in place already. How much do they earn each month? And how much do they spend? We look at it on an annual basis. We can prepare what we call an income and expenditure um, statement. It shows them how much they need, how much money they need each year to live live their current lifestyle and that's really important information for a client to know sometimes the majority of our time is spent coaching a client in how to do the basics how to run a bank account how to budget how to really get to grips with their spending and how to allocate their money to the correct places so we could go right back to basics if that is what the client needs that they have the information that they need to make informed decisions. The other financial statement that we prepare for clients is the net worth statement. Now, it surprises me how many clients don't know what their worth is. And really, all that is, is the difference between what they own and what they owe. That gives them their net worth that they could access to provide for their lifestyle if required. Once we have those statements, we then also look at what they have in place already. What financial products do they already have in place? What savings do they have in place? 
And we marry that up then with all the all the things we found out about our client during our um, conversations, our initial conversations about the things that are important to them. We actually use quite sophisticated software to show a client what their particular actual situation looks like. And it's at that point that we can answer all those questions that they have. The questions that revolve around, do they have enough money to do all the things that they want to do? And what changes do they need to make? So we, we marry the two things together, life planning and financial planning. And this is when financial planning really comes in, into its own. And we can give the clients really valuable information about their own circumstances, what their future looks like financially, and what things they can do to make some changes if need be. If a client was doing this on their own, then I would suggest that they started off by looking at income and expenditure. This is a really valuable exercise. And anyone looking at managing their own finances should really start here. Have a look at what comes in and what you spend. And look at what you spend and think about with all the money that you're spending, you're spending consciously. You know, sometimes I say to people that the money fairies been to visit because when that happens, <laughs> the money that has just disappeared and we don't know where it's gone and no one knows where they spent it on, well, I think the money fairy comes and takes that away. And part of what we do is try and stop the money fairy coming to visit. Yes. I encourage clients to not use cash. Use cards because then it's easier to track your spending and see where your money's going. And uh, if, if it's about trying to look at your bank accounts every day or every month you know we're all busy people and that won't happen for most of us most of us have better things to do so if there's a way to automate it by identifying how much you need to spend and making sure that you allocate it to the correct places then this can be done in an automated way and you can just sit back and relax knowing how much you have to spend in each area so is that is that using some sort of an app or you know, online software to enable you to do that? You know what? I still use my notebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I love technology. I use my iPhone to run my life. But I like to have a little note at the back of my notebook that just shows me how much I need to allocate to the different things I spend. I teach my clients what I call my three-account system. So I ask clients to have three bank accounts. The first one, it's for all fixed expenditure. So, for example, any mortgage or rent, any utilities costs, any um, car costs, anything that is the same every month. We know then exactly how much we need to feed that account by each month so that it works perfectly on its own. Yes. Then I have asked them to have a second account, which we call variable expenses. These are things that we don't know exactly. Things like food and fuel and maybe entertainment, clothes. We don't know exactly what that will be each month, but we make a guess and we allocate. So we say, I can afford to spend X amount on food, Y on clothes, etc. And make a little decision as to where you want your money to go and feed that account by that amount each month. And then you know how much you have to spend in each area. 
Yes. Third account is what I call the annual expenses account. We all get bills that come in once a year. Things like the cost of Christmas or home insurance, car insurance, anything that comes to you on an annual basis. Well, I ask clients to add that all up, divide it by 12, and feed this third account by that amount. That way you know you've always got the money for these things when they come in. Now, the trick is to make sure that the cost of um, servicing these three accounts is not more than you earn. If it is, then you need to readdress your expenditure. Because one of the most important things is that you do not spend more than you earn. Now, yes. I appreciate that everyone or some, some people might have periods in their life where they need to run on what I call a deficit basis. For whatever reason, they've just lost their job or they're not well. For whatever reason, they need to spend more than they earn. And on a temporary basis, that's fine. If it goes on too long, do speak to someone, see if you can get some help. Excellent advice. Are, are those are those kind of three current accounts or are they savings accounts or doesn't it matter? I mean, the, the fixed um, expenditure account really should be a current account so that automated payments can go to the relevant parties. And the variable account needs to be one that you can use a card to pay for things with. So again, it all comes out of there. The third one, the annual account, could be a savings account, but really it's for people to try it out and see what works best for them. Mm, mm. Very good. Very good advice there. Really, really helpful. Um, we just got a, a few minutes left. Um, what what would you recommend to people who've maybe got some, you know, kind of got all the kind of, you know, sort of life insurance and savings plans and things that they need? Um, how often should they be reviewing their portfolios? Well, again, like I said earlier, once you've got a financial plan in place and you've covered all those areas, then really it's about monitoring it. It's really hard for someone to do that on their own. There are financial planners like me that will help them do it. Really, you're looking at, does the, 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 do the plans that you've made marry up with the plans that you want with respect to how you want to live your life? If something changes, do you need to change something in your financial planning as well? That's really mm. what it is. And it really isn't about going to it every day or every month. You know, for most of us, we're busy and we can't do that. But it's just making sure any plans that you make are fit for purpose. And just because something's right today, it doesn't mean it will still be right tomorrow. So we just have to make sure that we're on top of it. And if need be, we're ready to make any changes. Mm-hmm. So you've, um, so people answer these questions and you, you, you work with them around looking at their sort of finances, what they actually need. I will look at what they're currently doing in terms of their expenditure. You build some kind of a, a plan with them. And then you, know, you would then go out and source those different products for them, would you? Yeah, we're independent. Um, financial advisors as well as financial planners so yeah here in the UK we uh, we're not affiliated to any particular organization and we will go out and put the best um, solutions in place for our clients that's really a small part of the work that we do the majority of the work that we do is making sure that we're we're here to hold our clients hands through whatever life throws at them so that they have the well, they have everything they need to be able to make informed decisions about their own lives. Because you see, whoever I work with, I know that no matter how much money someone has, what everybody, and I, I truly believe there is no exception to this, what 
everybody wants is freedom. And I don't just mean financial freedom. I mean freedom in every sense of the word. And if I know that that's what people want, then that's my job, help them achieve it. Mm. Brilliant. Um, very, very uh, worthy, worthy work. And I, now you've had a, you know, business for a number of years now. And I wonder, um, do you know, do you have any sort of thoughts and tips for for people, or, or maybe actually maybe one other question I could ask you further? Maybe some people here listening, cons- you know, considering leaving their job and setting up their own company. I mean, what would be your top tip for a new business owner? Well, when we go through these um, conversations with clients. Sometimes we find out about all sorts of things that clients want to do. And sometimes it is about starting up their own business, leaving their current job and starting up. And however hard it may seem for someone to do, I've always said to people, if they want to do it badly enough, we will find a way. But sometimes it's good to be a little bit prepared. So one of the things I advise people is have a look at how much money you and your family need over say the next two or three years I mean they say it takes five years for a business to really get going so maybe look at an even longer period see Mm. how much money you will need and if you could possibly make sure you have that saved up as a backup it means that when you leave your job and you start your business you've got the freedom to really focus on building that business without worrying about money brilliant I wonder have you got any final messages that you'd like to leave us with I guess it's encouraging people to look at life in a what's the point sort of way, particularly when it comes to money. Always ask, what's the point of doing this? Does this meet my life plan? Does this help me achieve what I want to do? Chasing returns and always chopping and changing or worrying about money, these never help anybody. And if we can switch our thinking to this what's the point view, And if our ultimate objective is to actually be happy and live a life with no regrets, then suddenly money loses its power and the power comes back to us as individuals that can live a life of freedom. Wow, some great, uh, great points there. I think thoroughly enjoyed this interview. I think there's so many different thoughts and ideas that uh, people will, will have from this around the kind of questions to ask themselves and you know, the, the value and benefit of working with somebody who's got your own interests at heart and your long vision at heart um, in, in terms of your your life. Um, so I think you're doing something that's really worthy and beneficial and valuable out there. And I just wonder, Tina, if, you know, if anybody wanted to connect with you about what you do, um, how do people access and get hold of you? Well, our website, serenityfp.com, will give you access to all of us in the business. We're all trained financial life planners and we'd be happy to help and ask and answer any questions that you may have. And, and is that, uh, is that um, you know, purely UK or do you cover you know, Europe? We can or, actually yeah. give financial yeah. advice to UK residents, but we can give financial planning advice to anyone. We actually do tend to work mainly with UK residents. Sure. Okay. But you know, for, so anybody who's uh, in, work, you know, in the UK, this could be a particularly valuable service to you. Um, however, you know, there's a, I'm sure there's you know, further information on the website there that could be valuable to anybody. And certainly those principles and things you've shared today, I think they're, they're you know, pretty, pretty generic globally 
So um, wonderful to have you on the show, Tina. Thanks Thank so, so much. much. I've really enjoyed it. I hope it's been useful to people. I'm sure it, I'm sure it has. And and then on next week's show, we have Jason Criddle. And Jason's going to talk about Smarter Living, uh, a book that he's written. He's uh, an interesting guy. He's a millennial. He's a young guy who's um, out there doing some uh, incredible things and just uh, launched a, an app which looks like it's going to go global. Um, so do join me next week and uh, let's let's hear from him about um, how to live a smarter smarter life so we'll be back with you again next week once again thanks to tina and i hope you all have a tremendous week we thank you for listening to the business elevation show please join your host chris cooper again next friday at 8 a.m u.s pacific time on the voice america business channel be more achieve more